Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. What is going on, everybody? This is episode 82 of Pop Culture Crisis. I almost screwed up the intro there. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. How are you doing today? Okay, it's like cloudy and rainy, and I'm out of breath. You look like you're going on an expedition with a bunch of truckers. (laughs) I mean, Freedom Convoy was nearby. You you look like you would fit in right there. I like it. That's great. Can I sit in somebody's truck bed? There you go. Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounded really weird. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That other voice you hear is that of our guest host today. Introduce yourself, please. I am Sour Patch Lids. I am not currently producing Tim Cast IRL, which is my main gig. I'm doing this, which I also very much enjoy. I Mm -hmm. get to talk a lot more with you guys than I do on Tim Cast IRL. Awesome. Technically, you're still producing. You're just not producing in this not at moment. The moment. Right, yes, exactly. Is that Schrodinger's producer? I yeah, don't know. Right. <laughs> it's, it's something along those lines. But uh, we are uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. She will have more to say. In fact, earlier she she mentioned to me earlier that uh, she watched some of our other episodes and she was worried that she might not have enough. That sometimes she doesn't have enough to say or that mm-hmm. she doesn't say enough. And I said, for everybody, it's different. Uh, That's it's, right. If whatever you have to say is just the right amount of what there is to say. I think for me, that's a little bit different. Like there is such thing as me not having enough to say yeah like when if the there's host. like if there's mm-hmm. long dead spots then then you have to get worried which That's is yes which is why i literally like uh i over prepare i'm trying to find this good rhythm between prep and uh going off the cuff yeah i find that if i over prepare uh i i I get too focused on what I want to say from the uh, from the references and less about having the actual conversation, which is not an uncommon problem for me to have anyways, because I, I tend to be very uh, socially, una- not socially unaware. I, I have my moments uh, and I try to <laughs> make it about a conversation rather than just what I feel like I need to say. I respect it. So, All right. So today we're going to talk Andrew Garfield. He is mm-hmm. uh, he is going in the vein of Ian McKellen, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know. Was that you that was here when we covered this last time? Or was, I believe no. that was somebody else. So yeah, that's I good. I think it was Hannah Claire. Okay, yeah. that, that's good. That's a different perspective is yeah. always welcome. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about a YouTube, YouTuber named Chris Stuckman who is uh, has a legendary run going right now or he's got a, a record-breaking run as far as a movie that he's oh, uh, like that author he's he's working on yes very similar uh, and then we're gonna talk about uh, poor Steven Spielberg who oh. who just can't win so that <laughs> pod luck we got a bunch of stuff if you guys are ready let's just go go mm-hmm. all right so this first article is from bounding into comics and it says Andrew Garfield weighs in on Hollywood casting practices warns about the death of imagination mm. I, I like the visual imagery there uh, the death of imagination 
It says, Spider-Man No Way Home and Hacksaw Ridge actor Andrew Garfield recently weighed in on Hollywood's current casting practices and the discussion around whether surrounding whether or not certain actors can play certain characters. Uh, it's weird to me that this has to be a discussion at all. I know that we had uh, one of the rare videos, like, we have social media for this channel. Uh, it does meh, that's fine. But we had a video, we had a, a segment cut out when we were talking about this uh, on TikTok that apparently did better than a lot of our other oh, stuff because I'm sure uh, people were not happy with my uh, opinion of just, duh, of course anybody can play any character. It's literally part of the job. Mm -hmm. So it says, speaking with The Telegraph uh, about his latest film on Netflix, Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, Garfield was asked about Hollywood casting practices and whether or not straight actors can play gay characters. Garfield responded, I think, it's, uh, I think it's two different conversations getting conflated. He explained, one is about equality of opportunity, and I'm completely in on that because we should, be, uh, we should want a world in which no matter what your sexual orientation, your color, or your heritage, everyone gets a fair whack. And as we know in this circle, um, equality of opportunity has fallen by the wayside in popularity, right. uh, especially amongst younger generations. Mm -hmm. It's a dying, it's a dying belief system in a lot of ways that we hear, um, you know, we don't get political on this show, but in your general behavior and the values you kind of outwardly put to the world, it's something that we believe in heavily, uh, in equality of opportunity, not equality of outcome because it's unrealistic. My right. favorite example being that, um, you could be raised in a household with a sibling, have the exact Exact yes. same parents, yep. uh, and almost invariably, you will end up in two very different places in life. Uh, me and my brother were raised by uh, by uh, two parents. Uh, we both went into the world with similar opportunities and came out very differently. He became a tradesman, uh, never had any any real issues in his life, whereas I uh, went into action sports, uh, did that, and had very severe struggles in my own life, all with what you would say is essentially mm -hmm. the same parenting. Right. So if, if two parents can't provide somebody with equal opportunity or equal outcome, then the real world, thinking that you can do that in the real world is a fantasy. Uh, and what these saying here is that's something that people should strive for but now they're trying to conflate it where you can only play a certain character if you've had certain uh, I guess the phrase is lived experience that's right. right yes yes um, and it's nonsense I'm, mm -hmm. I'm reminded of when Scarlett Johansson wouldn't play a trans man well she was she wanted to and she took the role and then she was just she essentially bullied yeah. uh, into uh, taking you know removing herself right. from that role and do we all know what happened to that movie it's Trash, right? Gone, gone. because didn't um didn't come get, didn't come to fruition. And the sad fact is, this is I talk a lot about art where art meets commerce, and these are industries where your name recognition matters. Right. Uh, that movie didn't get made because Scarlett Johansson was taken she off was the project. The draw. She there, was. There wasn't a uh at, at least at this time in current year in the year 2022, there isn't a uh bankable enough trans actor or actress. Uh, that can, or I guess they all prefer the term actor. Uh, they don't, uh, actress has kind of fallen oh, by the dated, wayside. Yeah. Um, uh, so there isn't a bankable enough trans uh, actor that could take over that role whose name would offer enough value to the project that they could count on it as a marketing tool. I think you could make the argument mm -hmm. that until there is such an actor, it doesn't make sense to shun people like Scarlett Johansson from playing. Because yeah. you need eyes on your film to be like, all right, we want to accept this kind of actor. Well, I do want to point out there is one actress that's kind of popular. She was in the TV show Orange is the New Black and she was a trans woman. Oh, yeah. And her twin brother played as the male part, 
her transitioning into a female. Interesting. That's yeah. very interesting. Mm-hmm. So what, that do you was, know her name? Um, I have it right here. I can't pronounce it, but okay. her last name is Cox. Uh, okay. What's uh, can you show it to me? Yeah. Is it Luverne? Yeah. Ah, Luverne. I know who yeah. that is. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's, uh, I can't think of the names of them, but there's a lot of like, um, renowned, uh, drag performers mm-hmm. that, uh, RuPaul. that are, that are, well, that's, yeah, I'm thinking more like in the acting space where mm-hmm. uh, a lot of TV shows will do, uh, like crime procedurals, the, you know, where you get a window into certain professions for certain right. episodes. Mm-hmm. They will always do episodes. And most of those episodes try to do it with a, a good amount of dignity. Right. I, I find in, in current I year. thought Orange and New Black, they did it just as well because yeah. like it's talking about she's married to a woman who's heterosexual and she's going through these like mental changes where she's like i don't feel comfortable who i am and then one day her wife like comes in and sees her wearing like her bra and a skirt yeah, and that. putting on makeup and she has like this terrible haircut and her wife comes up and just hugs her and she's like you're not upset by this and she's like no i still love you no matter what we're gonna go through this and basically why she went to jail she basically robbed a place right i believe in the episode one thing that i found very uh well spoken about this article was the phrase empathetic imagination Mm -hmm. because a lot of what they talk about is that unless you have lived what they've lived through you can't accurately portray that uh i guess would be i guess that uh that person with that those immutable characteristics mm-hmm. whatever that may, i guess those wouldn't be immutable because uh you they you know we're not talking about uh switching race or switching anything like right. that mm-hmm. uh, so it says but the other is about empathetic imagination and if we only allow people to be cast as as exactly who they are it'll be the death of it he asserted yeah it says garfield then added so the two separate conversations have to have to happen simultaneously but i'm not willing to support the death of empathetic imagination and then he, he's right about this that a lot of these things become uh conflated uh, a lot of these discussion points because they're all kind of lumped in under the same guise of the same kind of uh, conversation points. Uh, even I just brought up, um, you know, immutable characteristics, which mm-hmm. isn't really what this is about. Right. But they get conflated very easily. I almost yes. just fell into that trap right there. Um, and one of the other things is I, I was just trying to think of like I, I could think of endless examples of this, but I was just trolling through various things today and found this thing from and this is why you have to be careful why he has to be careful having mm-hmm. this discussion. One we did uh, I did look into this. I was like I was wondering if he like Ian McKellen uh, was gay mm-hmm. and he is apparently not. So right. uh, it, whether we want to admit it or not in current year having this discussion while not you know without having of one of those characteristics is dangerous for their career. Although mm-hmm. he did say that he was open to anything. And that's what I'm saying. Like there's a, I was gonna say, there's like a forward thinking. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a post here when he talks about it. So apparently people had brought this up to him and says, uh, it says the amazing Spider-Man. It says is of 2015. There was rumors that they had broken up. They're talking about him and Emma Stone. Mm. It says when asked about his sexuality, Garfield uh, identified himself as heterosexual, uh, but has stated that in, he has an openness to any impulses that may arise uh, within me at any time. So mm-hmm. he is very open to this stuff. He's not afraid to speak on it, and I, I applaud him for that. But when you're dealing with people who take this, who are very very difficult to please, uh, there's people, especially we're talking about a Marvel actor here. Uh, uh, they're, uh, we're about to have Moon Knight drop in the yep. less than a month, uh, and one of the core elements of that character is Jewish heritage, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, thought, um... they're very mad that Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. himself is not Jew. People were mad for a while that Oscar Isaac was not Jewish. They did the same thing with, um, uh, not Wonder Woman, but... So what they were talking about here, it says, uh, uh, and this is what I'm talking about, the hyperbole of the people who care about these things when they're, uh, from the negative side. 
when they're talking about uh, whether uh, the, his character in Moon Knight would be Jewish and, and they eventually mm. confirm that he will be, they were worried that the character, that they might take it out of the... They were actually worried that they would make the character not Jewish because the actor wasn't Jewish. Uh, and then a person left a, a tweet to the director and says, this whole Moon Knight situation continued to prove to me that the MCU fandoms have never been, a, have never been safe for Jewish people or really any marginalized group. The hyperbole on that is what you're going to be up against when you're dealing with people that think of everything in the context of uh, identity politics, mm -hmm. of intersectionalism, uh, you have to be very careful. So Garfield is, in a way, taking a risk here because now they're going to literally ask. They're, you know, he's putting himself uh, under the microscope now. Now they're going to be very concerned about what his sexuality is. Right. Well, all now they're going to care. It shouldn't matter. Of course, it not. shouldn't matter. But they're going to they're going to make it matter. Uh, and that's the people you're dealing with when you pander to Twitter, which is what the MCU, Disney, all of these companies have chosen to do. We can't uh, we can't stop that. We can only comment on it. Uh, and I like to think of it as a form of it's just rash looking at these things rationally and saying uh, when your job as an actor, it is your job to empathetically portray something that you have not lived. Mm -hmm. None of the people who play Navy SEALs have ever been Navy SEALs. Right. I'm developing a theory that these people are projecting in that they don't understand what an empathetic imagination is. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if this is just because they don't have one, that they're struggling to see how someone else possibly could. The actor, I believe that the <clears throat> actors do. The the right. commentators, yes. Right, yeah, the commentators yeah. don't have it. And I feel like it's because, again, this is a first world problem. Mm -hmm. They don't have problems, right. so they try to create their own. It's boredom. We need mm -hmm. to bring back first world problems because it was a unifying theory yes. where everybody was, was lumped into first world problems. Uh, you have it very good. You're complaining on your laptop with your, <laughs> with your ridiculously Starbucks. expensive yeah, your cup iPhone. of coffee. Give me a break. Um, so, but uh, I also want to point out that I do believe that he means that because acting is one of those professions where you have to be very malleable and emotionally cognizant of what's going on around you because you have to constantly try to access emotions uh, devoid of actual physical uh, physical intervention, meaning that right. you're, you're accessing something that your body and your stimuli have not actually put into place. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're constantly, it's like the, they joke about the ability to cry on cue. Uh, that could mean that you're a fantastic actor mm -hmm. or it could mean that there's something that's that, or, or no well actually i'd say that <laughs> yeah. they would have a harder time but it's like, but it, it means that you have to be very malleable to the whims of others so if an actor has to let a director mold them into a performance it's not hard to believe that they would find they would find themselves just as malleable around the opinions of those they they tend to value the opinions of yeah and to be mm -hmm. fair it is strategic to kind of go along to get along yes there's no other way to do it in hollywood exactly that's they fair. they've they've turned it into that environment we right. talked a little bit about that yesterday about the the deadline article about right. the the writer who uh basically is alleged uh accused of faking and uh being sick to get a role uh, or to get a job writing for a show mm -hmm. right so it says speaking with the bbc media editor amal rajan about the criticism surrounded helen mirren taking on the role of israeli prime minister golda meyer uh is it Mir or meyer uh, in the biopic Golda, uh, McKellen said there are two things in this argument that a genteel cannot play a Jew. Uh, gentile. And that, it's gentile. Uh, yeah. Is it gentile? Mm -hmm. That a gentile cannot play a Jew and that the argument, therefore, is that uh, a Jew cannot play a gentile. Uh, and that's, uh, it's not relevant mm -hmm. to that type of portrayal. We also talked, I mentioned in a thing about uh, Diane Kruger feeling like she got looked up and down when she was te right. screen testing mm -hmm. for Helen of Troy because the visual aspect of it, and this is why I give them a lot of leeway. I give a lot more than a lot of the people in this space. I give Hollywood a lot of leeway 
when it comes to uh, who they cast in roles as long as they don't pretend like they're the world's greatest thing in the world for casting people that look different. If it, you are playing Helen of Troy, it is absolutely pivotal that you be, be like literally the most beautiful woman in the world because that was yeah. what she was. And, that's what, role. It, and in that in, in that interview, basically it amounted to this whole article is like, I felt like a piece of meat. And you it should have felt and flattered. It, and it melt <laughs> and all it essentially meant was the was a, what a producer was like, please come in in costume. We need to look at you because it's a visual medium. They need to know what you will look like on camera. Is that objectifying? Yes. It is, in a way. Uh, they are looking at it in a strictly physical sense because in that moment, your personality is not what's on trial here. Right. Your physical appearances. The same thing would have happened to the male they cast being Brad Pitt. Uh, of he is going to be looked at the same way. You think the dudes in 300 didn't get that same look up and down? No, 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 no. Those Hollywood guys will look, the, those uh, producers will look those dudes up the same way as well because it's, the it's still their money. They're mm -hmm. pumping into these productions. They need to make sure it looks right. Right, yeah. So uh, that's, that's an aside. But basically, it is important in the physical sense. And like I said, I give Hollywood a way more leeway than a lot of people who occupy the space as far as like who they cast, as far as diversity of appearance. Because... It doesn't bother me as long as they don't brag about mm -hmm. it, uh, especially if I'm not super connected with the source material that they're always aping and not paying respect to. But I absolutely understand where the anger from those people comes mm -hmm. from. Then how do you feel about like, you know how recently in animations, like all the voice actors, they said, if I'm not that race, I won't right, voice like the, the characters. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, how do you feel about so you feel like it's ridiculous? I feel it's mm -hmm. ridiculous that the, the studio wouldn't hire them based on that. I think it's well, even more ridiculous if a person bows out of consideration because yeah, of the like Christian, signal. Uh, Whoever the dude was from... Uh, the Simpsons, but um, yeah. also... Yeah. Um, what's her name? Um, Belle. The one... She was like uh, in The you're Good the Place. You're the voice actor. She, oh, uh, the main actress. Um, the, the main actress for In The Good Place. I'll search it up. Like I'll come back to it. The but, blonde lady? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. What was this she the, that's the Yeah, said. basically she was voicing a character for um they're the same creators of bob's burger and her character was like half white half black and she's like well i'm not half black and i don't want to voice this character anymore so like she opt out wow interesting well, to, i guess you have that choice right yeah mm -hmm. she, she that's absolutely her choice i think that's a stupid choice to me sure yeah uh oh yeah kristen bell kristen oh and, bell. Okay. This, and these are these are separate issues to me that is one of uh, the still, like I said, I give them more leeway if they want to cast people that look different. I, that doesn't bother me, even if it's not a hundred percent accurate with the source material. Just don't brag about it on social media, as mm -hmm. if you're changing the world when you could be giving people original stories based on those cultures. Right. And in Seriously. in most cases, uh, like when they argue about uh Batman being cast possibly as somebody of another race, mm -hmm. that doesn't really. I mean, okay. I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, I mean, but the thing is, now because we know how they behave the agenda is prevalent and it's going to turn people off mm -hmm. right. and it will turn me off because they're going to talk about it and they're going to make it about that. Mm -hmm. When they cast Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, nobody cared, not realizing that Nick Fury was not uh, African-American. Oh, no, he wasn't. Yeah. So nobody cared because he played the role well and they didn't talk about it as if they were saving the world by doing that. That's it's, the way to do it. Mm -hmm. They're so ham handed with this. They're like, yeah. we're going to cram it down your throat. The you same, have to like it. Yeah. The same thing with our favorite TV show, Merlin. Um, Guinevere is played by a black woman, but they never mentioned it. They didn't make it's it just, into a big thing. And she's a 
great actress. It's a different time. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to someone earlier about all of the blue sky dramas that they did on the USA channel back yeah. in the day. And everybody just looks so happy. Mm-hmm. And it just looks so creative and fun. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared uh, about these things. You didn't have to worry that you were going to get in trouble for every little decision you made. Doesn't it seem like they interjected the black character more often in the 90s? Did you notice that as well? Uh, I remember seeing it. But, I was like, but oh, they, yeah, never, but they never talked about it. Right, that's the, exactly. That's the point. Is that Just do it. What changed? Why do uh, they feel like they have to Twitter. do it now? Just Twitter. Twitter. And people are Social bored media. because nobody has anything to talk about any free time. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I think Twitter <laughs> happened. Uh, and this is the same thing. There's there's plenty of examples of male characters being changed into female characters. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother me. Just don't brag about it as if you're mm-hmm. saving the world. You're just making movies. You're not saving well, the world. to be fair, if you're trying to make somebody like James Bond into a female, that is mm-hmm. not going to work because that's completely mm-hmm. inconsistent with his character. Yes. Yeah. He is landed gentry. Yes. Uh, yes. He's a, He's a, a certain, ladies' uh, man. Mm-hmm. It's violent. It's very. And in the and if or, we're talking in the in historical senses, making they they cast uh, someone else to play Anne Boleyn, mm-hmm. which right. is ridiculous because right. that's a historical figure. Right? I'm upset that, about the new Robin pick, uh, where it's the redhead Robin, but they're replacing her as a black female. Uh, if anybody wants to do it, look up um, Ginger Hollywood Ginger Side mm-hmm. on on Google. Um, it's all Gosh. the redheaded yeah. characters that have been replaced. Aww. That's that's who's really mm-hmm. losing out Gingerside, right now. Ginger Side like uh, uh, genocide. Yes. Yeah. Oh no. But it's just in Hollywood. They're getting rid of them. But I don't know. Red honestly, are, yeah, disappearing. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like the internet is getting bored. Nobody has things to say. And like to quote Bob Burdum from his song welcome to the internet i think she meant bo burnham thank you bo burnham yeah i I can't (laughs) close enough (laughs) i can't do words anymore i'm like tapping out from the stupidity (laughs) of the world but um quote from his song welcome to the internet um being bored is a crime so people Mm. are just making up things to say because they're that bored and they don't want to look like they're bored anymore. Too privileged, yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yep. So I, I like I said, uh, it says, th- this article takes a little bit of a different perspective than I do. It says, not mm-hmm. only should actors gender align with the character's gender, but other physical attributes. They're right about one thing that you could just change the character and mm-hmm. Hollywood yeah. is is want to to just uh, introduce, they love introducing new characters. Mm-hmm. And remember, we're talking almost exclusively about stuff with IP. Yeah. Uh, they could get rid of all of this mm-hmm. by just making new stuff with no actual yeah and and then you will notice that nobody cares when Mm -hmm. there's not something previous to base it on remember you don't have built-in fans you have built-in critics nobody's going to give you the benefit of the doubt anymore nobody's giving halo the tv series the Mm -hmm. benefit of the doubt nobody's giving gotham knights which is going to be coming out the benefit of the doubt though they did just cast uh um Uh, one of the dudes from supernatural misha collins as harvey dent oh but i love him he's a good actor but he always plays as like the brooding kind of out of this world kind of character. Well, he's going to play hard again. <laughs> so, so it's just to me, this is one of those discussions where I feel like common sense is lo- has long been forgotten, uh, and I just care about uh, being uh, making the best film possible without bragging about these social uh, about these mm-hmm. social causes that they claim to care about. I will say that I hope more people yeah. adopt Andrew Garfield's mindset yep. and Ian mm-hmm. McKellen's I, outlook. For I sure. agree. Uh, it says at the same time, a person's sexual orientation should not prevent them from playing any character based on their sexual orientation. Exactly. Uh, there are endless examples of of gay actors who have been playing straight actors right. for years, and that's Neil fine. That's great. Yeah, that is, that exactly. is one good example. Yes, he is. played it's super a, straight. For yes, sure, he yeah. did. Uh, it so that's, well. <laughs> it's just it's funny to me that this is common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, like I said, and he played a very successfully. He very successfully portrayed an extremely <laughs> successful straight person. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, he was like my favorite character, and you can never tell that he was gay. 
Yep. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's the death of imagination in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I do like that another actor, a younger actor uh, with more to lose is speaking up because I do think that that's what's important is that yeah. the older actors can speak up all they want, but everyone just says, you know, you've got, uh, you've made your money. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore. Yeah. Man, you're going to die soon. Uh, oh, geez. Yeah. With, with, <laughs> with younger actors who have more to lose, there's more to be, uh, there's more solidarity behind that, mm-hmm. I believe. Right. Good so. for Andrew. Yes. Um, or we can just make our own Hollywood, like how um, Daily Wire is yeah. making their own movies. Yep. We can make our own and make our own products. Parallel this, economy. That, yes. is, that is one of the things we're Do working it. on, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ways in that that's happening outside of not just things like the Daily Wire, but stories like this, mm-hmm. which is uh, Chris Stuckman project Shelby. Chris Stuckman's project Shelby Oaks breaks Kickstarter record for a horror yeah. movie. Um, some background: I am a uh, a longtime viewer of Chris Stuckman's channel. He's a he's a movie reviewer. Um, he's one of those people that uh, tends to contrast very heavily with my uh, with the way I approach things. He has a mm-hmm. very uh, stoic and um, logical approach to filmmaking, I whereas it. I have a much more um, emotional and Artistic. visceral. Yeah. No, I would say his is almost more. Art- his his really? is more. Uh, he he is very focused on a lot of the technical aspects. Um, which which he pays very close attention to. Whereas me, I tend to be very viscerally connected to uh, the emotional, the way that, the way that I connect with it emotionally, because uh, well, I don't know if he considers himself uh, a film critic by trade or a filmmaker by trade. I don't He's, he's made short films before, but this is mm-hmm. like his first big venture that it seems like. But um, I enjoyed the contrast of him and a guy like Jeremy Johns, who makes, uh, who's much more, I'm much more in line, like if I was, to, if, if there was one that I would say that there's a corollary between me and that person, it would be Jeremy Johns, yeah. that I see the world uh, more through uh, eyes like his. But I've always appreciated the way that Chris, Chris Stuckman goes about reviewing movies. I don't always agree with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, he's a big horror fan, hence this project. I'm not a huge horror fan. Yeah. But he, uh, every Halloween, he does a horror movie uh, review, like he reviews cool. horror movies. All, all of all of October. So this is right in line with him, and I know that he loves found footage horror movies, which is what this is based on. Yeah. And I don't know if I, I sent you guys both the article. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Did you check out the Kickstarter at all? On I didn't the page? look at the Kickstarter. Yet. He has yeah. this great video where he uh, announces the project and what he's getting into. Oh, he makes a video. Cool. Good yeah. for him. And, and he talks about all the stuff that he's working on uh, towards it, and he's just uh, the the passion that he has for it is palpable. Um, the number just increased on Kickstarter. Yeah, I was going to say, wow, it's I, I not 650 it mm-hmm. anymore. Well, and we're going to, this article is why. And then he made a video today talking about this video and how much it meant cool. to him. So good he, for him. Like, I love that type of enthusiasm from somebody who hasn't been poisoned by cynicism. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way, yeah. so this article says Shelby Oaks just became the most funded horror film project on Kickstarter for just a few weeks into its campaign. The found footage feature written and directed by YouTube film critic and filmmaker Chris Stuckman is based on a recent internet mystery about a group of missing paranormal investigators. The project has raised, I think they meant, it says raced, but I think they meant <laughs> raised, uh, to, has, oh, there it is, has raced to $650,000 from 6,700 backers. I don't know the math on that, but that's a lot of yeah. Money. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, yeah so it says uh, uh, on, the, on the crowdfunding funding platform uh, uh, after starting online just three weeks ago. And I think it's still got a couple days left, right? Mm-hmm. 
That's about a hundred bucks from each contributor. Okay, yeah. that's, that's awesome. very good. So good says, for them. The film will uh, chart the story of the fictional mid two thousands U.S. investigative team called the Paranormal Paranoids. I like it. I like the name. <laughs> uh, multiple found footage videos surfaced online uh, last year that prompted horror and ARG. That's alternate reality game fans to speculate about mm -hmm. the veracity of the case and the whereabouts of the investigators. Mm -hmm. One video appeared to show the abduction of one of the group known as Riley. Mm. So th what I love about this is just that he was very excited. Like I tend to be very critical of the trades because I, I do think most of them are, are kind of shills for the, for the media in a lot of ways for these companies. There's a very reciprocal relationship between studios and these are and the people who write these magazines. Right. One way to point this out is that this thing was this successful, right? And the guy mm -hmm. that he's working with, um, sent this basically sent this story out to all the trades saying, look, this is monumental. Do you guys want to cover this? All of them said no, hmm. except for Deadline. Just, just decided to cover and all. It's like they're just like he's like. So it's a uh, because it's not tied to a studio. Right. It's not tied to IP that will generate them clicks. Mm -hmm. And this is how you build uh, new platforms. This is how you build culture without yes. the machine behind it. I yeah. love this so much. To me, this feels so much like the free market doing what it's exactly exactly, exactly what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So this is a guy who carefully and logically watches movies, mm -hmm. and he loves horror. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna examine a bunch of horror movies figure out what's wrong about them once right about them and then i'm gonna do my own thing yeah and i'm gonna fund it myself i don't need a studio that's mm -hmm. great i think that's super cool and i really like that it's taken off like this it's yeah. exciting so i uh, it boggled my mind that none of the that none of the trades would want to cover this but it also doesn't at the same time mm -hmm. um it seems very in line with the way things are they have their narratives that they want to spin the stuff they want to cover but if we want new stuff to get made stuff where uh, we can only complain about these movies being repetitive we can only complain about these movies being filled with uh agendas whatever right. that agenda is it doesn't matter uh where it comes from you can only complain for so long before you have to stop complaining and start looking for solutions exactly which seems to be the way a lot of people are going uh eric d july is doing the same thing I with know. comics he's uh, doing he's, great he tell he, he's very he's very open about it. the fact he's like you should not be giving these people your money mm -hmm. uh it's of something course. it's something i struggle with because uh there's a lot of stuff that i watch that's comfort entertainment to me yeah i i'm a lot less likely to watch new things than i am to watch the shows that uh so make me feel with. safe yeah uh, in a way and so if we're going to change things the best way we can do that is to start making our own stuff and not look for the validation from these industries right now uh, he's already he talks about how he got reached out to by what was the term he used um Oh, he says uh, it's like basically it's like the 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 number one name in indie horror, which is uh, A twenty four Studios. Yeah, he didn't say he didn't say A twenty four, but mm -hmm. he said he didn't want to he didn't want to mention it without it hadn't gone any further. He's like, who knows if this means anything? But he got reached out to a studio. So he, even if I don't like these trades in a lot of ways, other than for uh, stuff to talk about, the just that one article got him messages from people in the industry mm -hmm. got messages from a studio that he has a lot of respect for that's cool and that uh, i i want him to do his own thing but i don't blame him if he wants to go and uh work Fully with these studios yeah you know, he, he said that one thing that they're going to do with this project is they're going to make it an immersive experience where they're going to share the filmmaking process along the way meaning from cool. uh pre-production into production through post-production mm -hmm. so people can see how just how difficult it is to actually make a movie 
I love that he's taking people's money and then he's like, okay, we're going to show you exactly what we're doing with it. And they've got stretch goals. And that's the like people who, and a lot of people who, at least people who fund a lot of crowdfunding stuff, they don't necessarily do it just for the final product. They do it because they love going on the journey with that person as it gets made, it gets done. That's why the average campaign isn't going to get fulfilled on time. It usually is in comics. The joke is always like, it's about a year from whenever you say it's going to come out about a year later, but it's like you follow them on that journey. And as long as that creator is, uh, keeping you up to date on the process as they're going through it. A lot of people forgive lateness so that they can be part of that process of you m- making this product that you cared so deeply about that you went to a platform and looked to make it on your own. They ca- they care about watching you finish that process. Right. Uh, and you're right about him doing it the right way because just like with uh, what we do here with uh, Tim built a platform on his own before he struck out and started his own website and his own business. Mm-hmm. He built up a following first and that's what you have to do. We talked about that with the, with Brandon, uh, with Sanderson. Yeah. Uh, he had his own reputation beforehand. So he built up that reputation beforehand and then put it to use in the free market. And that's what Chris Stuckman has done. He has 1.97 million followers Ooh. on YouTube. YouTube. Awesome. So he's cracking two uh, on a channel that does movies. We're not even talking daily content. So to get that many subscribers uh, and retain viewers, uh, retain like high view counts uh, on a channel like that where the releases aren't on a daily because you know you're supposed to be yeah not as frequent that's that's an accomplishment. So let's see what is what what was the number you guys had on it here? I just refreshed. Um, on Shelby. It's it like, was 865. Uh, I have 866, uh, $866,446 dollars from 9,000. Oh man, what do you have? Uh, it's 491. Yep, now. from 9,186 backers. Still has three days to go. He had uh, another uh, stretch goal of like 750 that they just passed. So wow, that article, yeah. he's, that go, article he's doing very well. It. I do also want to point out if anybody wants uh, to um, just see what it looks like to crush it, the uh, $32,318,008 cents uh, and $8. Oh, it just went up again. I know, I see it. Another $500 for Brandon Sanderson's campaign. That's awesome. um, uh, With 139,611 backers, still eight days to go. I like his benefits that he showed. That's a neat thing. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. Yeah, go ahead. No, but if you keep on scrolling down for each like month, I believe, yeah, it says like each month it's like a different theme. And it reminds yeah. me of Loot Crate when they first started yep. out. That's so cool. And that's what most of these people, when, when you do these things, you're looking for the stretch goal. So you don't mm-hmm. just get the product, you get stickers, you get pins, you get all of this yep. merchandise. There's like a ranking too and, if you give mm-hmm. more. Yeah, and the number so, one thing about this is, is all these people will own their own IP, right. meaning that they don't have to worry about it being bastardized by some mega corporation that's only going to make so nice. some mm-hmm. uh, production by committee, which means that it's going to be the most bland, boring, uh, inoffensive product you could ever right. make. Does anybody remember the, the early 2000s when transgressive humor was like the only way you could get ahead? Yeah. Was Can you to explain be- like... What do you mean by that? Uh, very shock value oriented. Mm. You were Howard Stern. You were meant to oh, be yeah. offen- uh, offensive. Was the norm, not the exception. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you and were trashy. always yeah yeah. What we would call edgy now, but edgy is demonized and, yeah. and told that you're immature because these people are in perpetual state of judgment where they're judging everything. Right. Um, I would say right now the best example of someone who's doing that well would be Ryan Long. 
Um, yes. Yeah. Ryan Long does very good humor. He uh, walks the line, though. He's not too edgy. No. And he has very solid but, social points to make. And it's very well thought out. Now, the stuff back then wasn't necessarily the most well thought out stuff. It was not, no. But it was the norm uh, for things to talk about. So uh, going back to the Shelby Oaks campaign, I just I was very, very happy to see the video that he had made uh, talking about how much he had uh, how much it meant to him that just an article from Deadline got published about him, mm -hmm. which is where it seems like that would be uh, something the norm uh, for the industry just for an independent creator that's uh, that's a big deal to him it's a win yeah so, for sure uh, I'm more likely to su to support somebody who's clearly uh, cares about what they're making one of the things I complain about the most in these industries is people don't the people making these movies now whether it's comic books video game movies they don't care about the characters they care about launching their careers right. this is someone that wants to launch his career but is doing so off the back of something that he clearly cares about and has constructed himself you're not he is not like the other industries are standing on the shoulders of giants he is standing on his own shoulders exactly. whereas the others are taking the works of those far far more successful and far for far more um uh, groundbreaking in the past and then using them as a vehicle to launch their own career. Mm -hmm. I hate what I see when uh, people like to pull up the ladder behind them, yep. especially comedians. They like yep. to say, oh, no, 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 you can't make jokes like that anymore. Oh, right. I made my living. My bread and butter was making jokes just like that in the past. And the other thing I have to say is that I really love seeing people take social media and take things that are typically not the friend of creative thinkers yeah. mm -hmm. and turning them into a tool to get ahead on their own. Yep. Like the idea of crowdfunding this incredibly smart yep. and using social media platforms to do it is just top notch. I'd love to see it. Yep. Love to see it. So it says every dollar we are raising is going to the screen, said Kuntz. Kuntz is the producer on this mm. film. Uh, mm -hmm. It says, uh, the, I'll, I'll start back up here. It says the film is due to begin production in May in Cleveland. Producers Cameron Burns and Ashley Sneed join Kuntz, who credits include Scare Package, uh, uh, the Pale Door. I remember he did a review for The Pale Door. Oh, cool. That was, uh, that, so he apparently knows him. It says, according to the producers, Paper Street will also be, that's who's producing this movie is Paper gotcha. Street, will also be bringing equity to the financing of the project. Oh, cool. So it says, AMP International is handling World Sale and launched the project in the market last summer. Critic in, short, uh, in shorts, filmmaker, uh, wait, critic and shorts filmmaker Stuckman, who has 2 million YouTube subscribers, signed with Gotham Group last year and has multiple horror scripts in the works. Yeah. Cool. He's been very um, like vocal and he's made a lot of videos talking about his his breaking into the industry. It's hard, so, sure. But that's very cool to have like kind of a blow by blow from someone. I know what is uh, Tyrone Magnus has. He's an actor, right? Yeah. Uh, he talks about some of that stuff as well. I believe so. Yeah. I'm just not familiar. He's a he's a, you, he's a YouTuber who's got a very large following, but is also an actor. I've never actually seen anything he's acted in, but know him as a YouTuber, not as somebody who works in the industry. I have to say, I love that YouTube lets people do this. Yep. Let's mm -hmm. normal people break into industries that were previously yep. inaccessible. Yep. So uh, I just I'm very excited to see something like this, and I do think that it's important that we start working towards uh, building out our own properties, our own uh, our own IP, our own ideas, bringing them to whether it's the screen whether it's paper uh, the internet make what you want so that you don't have to worry about something that you cared about when you were young being used as a tool by a bunch of corporations that don't care <laughs> exactly. about it exactly so 
I just thought that was a that wasn't necessarily the biggest topic of the day, but it was the most feel good topic of the day. Yeah, it's a yeah. Good one. and for one, once that doesn't uh, you know profit off the back of the pain of one of my uh, co-hosts, like <laughs> it is when I give Dane bad news. Uh, so I know how much he hates that, and how much I I kind it. of I joy of I I take great joy <laughs> in watching Dane have his heart broken by Poor Dane, uh, by so passionate. And just so heartbroken. It's it's a damn shame. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, speaking of heartbroken, I, I do think that Steven Spielberg, oh boy. Oh boy. Um, oh boy. This guy, this guy, no, well, no, here's the thing. He has done this to himself. Mm -hmm. Um, You court the audience that you want and the audience that you want will turn their back on you. uh, Mm -hmm. Or at least some of them will. Steven Spielberg faces backlash after dubbing squid game cast as unknown people. We will point out, uh, me and uh, Lydia talked about this. This article is framed very, very uh, salaciously, uh, if you will. But it says Steven Spielberg has faced backlash after dubbing the Squid Game cast as unknown people. The Hollywood director made the comments about the cast of the viral K drama during the recent PGA. All I can think of is like a golf award. Yeah. (laughs) Tiger Woods, uh, the PGA awards panel on the 19th of March. Spielberg discussed the impact of the shows on the of the show on the entertainment industry and praised Netflix for the decision to cast the supposedly unknown performers in the series. He said, quote, Squid Game, Squid Game comes along and changes the math entirely for all of us. Thank you. Ted Sarandos? 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, He said he he gestured towards Netflix CEO uh, uh, who was in the audience according to Deadline. He continued, a long time ago it was domestic stars that brought the audience to the movies. Today it's interesting. Unknown people can star in entire miniseries and can be in movies. The director made the statement as the panel were uh, were weighing up uh, whether it's necessary to cast well-known actors in leading roles or in order to project for projects to take off. As Spielberg praised the streaming platform for apparently providing opportunities in the, to, to this, for the South Korean actors to have a starring role. Right. So that's great, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the I, title's not. He he did he's well this this is uh this is these news sites slow news day yeah uh, but the problem is slow news day uh, is very easily catches on fire and it was already on like when I went and looked this up I went to see if maybe there was like a one that was written differently sometimes I look for ones that have different different source uh, different source yeah. or just uh, sometimes the website just bothers me and I'll just go look for different words this is uh, on social media a user it says however Spielberg came under fire for his comments garnering more than three thousand five hundred shares of an IndieWire article on Twitter that discusses his remarks with many social media users noting that a lot of Squid Game actors uh, cast are established actors in Asia. He clearly did not mean that they were unknown actors. He meant that to most American audiences, American right. audiences these were not known yeah. actors. Yeah. This is deliberate framing both from this website, the IndieWire article, and these people, people on Twitter who are desperate for something to be upset about um, to to have something to be angry about and then to complain. Correction. It says, quote, correction. Oh, it says uh, one social media user. I love it. I also love how now social media user is enough to acquire. It's source. My gosh. Yes. It's no. Just, one social media user wrote about <laughs> Let's the comments. Let's go, Lydia. Oh, my gosh. Tell us how you Pet really peeve, feel. man. Unknown to people who only American, who only watch American entertainment, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, Sorry. Yes, but it's the <laughs> way they said it. I'm, I'm critiquing this person, too, for their elitist 
tweet right. as much as I am critiquing the article. Uh, correction, Squid Game pro proves that Hollywood has been way behind in recognizing and celebrating long-standing South Korean film and TV storytelling and talent. Another tweeted, they're right about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk a lot about how manga is destroying uh, American comic well, books and how, right, yeah. and how anime is destroying American entertainment mm -hmm. in general. Because at least they have imagination. Yes. Corrections. Okay, so it says, in fact, Squid Game lead actor Lee Jung-ja uh, is said to be one of the most bankable celebrities in South Korea, according to Esquire, having started the critically acclaimed movies in the past, like House The Housemaid in 2010. Furthermore, Gong Yoo, Yo, oh, Yo, Yo, uh, who starred in two episodes of Squid Game, played the lead role in the 2016's Train to Busan. Train to Busan. Go see that if you have not. Uh, that movie is so sad, uh, but if you guys like zombie and drama, oh, there you go. Yes. Interesting. So I, I do love this. I, I did also put up the one from, I feel so bad for, for Steven Spielberg from the, the New York post, which uh, they just, they, they're talking about what he said. And there was a specific, uh, uh, I do love these takes from people that it, they get more ridiculous. Uh, they, they added more. It says, ah, more ethnocentrism courtesy of Americans who can't see past their own borders. What series like Squid Games illustrates is exactly the opposite, that people around the world are satisfi satisfied with content other than English, white, U.S. entertainment, wrote one user. Uh, second, some chimed in, folks... Today's whitest take brought to you by Mr. Steven Spielberg and the literal all-star cast of Squid Games. Okay, that's kind of harsh. Um, okay, like, I get it. What he said was kind of insensitive. Yes, like... It wasn't, hey. insen it wasn't insensitive. It was just was framed correct. as insensitive. Yeah. Now, uh, the, re the only reason I'm pointing this out is because, like I say, you win the audience you court. Yes, uh, and he, fair. If anybody mm -hmm. remembers his, his famous line from when he was promoting West Side Story, yeah. which was uh, he, he, refused, he refused to put Spanish subtitles in a movie with Spanish speaking because he said it would be very disrespectful to Spanish speakers. He said, because it would have signaled that they weren't the intended audience, which is an insane and almost. Could we just say he's senile? He, Can I just say that? Excuse him, Miracle. It, it's an insane take. Yeah. It's an absolutely insane take. Uh, I don't think that what anybody who, who speaks any language wants is to theoretically not be understood by the people that are watching the movie. That right mm -hmm. there is nothing but a virtue signal. Yes. Yeah. He's, he should be making Spanish more accessible to people. And yes. being like, oh, you should try to learn this language so you don't have to have subtitles. But no, he it's, chose not to do that. So it's a virtue signal. So it's, it, his virtue signaling is Ugh. what gets him It's what gets him in the hot water that he's in now. It serves him right. Uh, it, so it serves him right. I did like the article from, uh, I have this one from No Film School, which is one of my mm -hmm. sites for more uh, esoteric takes on stuff. But oh, it says, mm -hmm. Uh, so it says, it's often mentioned in a project, uh, uh, it says, uh, let me start up here, it says, Spielberg, Spielberg seemed to follow suit casting Rachel Zegler in, his, in her first role as Maria in West Side Story. They're talking about the endorsement of new faces mm -hmm, within these yeah. industries and it says, it is often mentioned that if a project or surrounding storyline has recognition, it might be the perfect time to try out new actors in the roles. This, uh, and it's also why they do at the Marvel movies, it's why they bring in unknown directors because the name of the character Captain America is strong enough on its own as a brand that they do not need. Uh, they the, they do director. not need the greatest director, uh, the the biggest director in the world to carry that mm -hmm. role. So these are it's becoming it's the death of individualism in the so, in the form of great actors and directors. 
uh, and becoming more about the corporatism in the IP is strong enough, not necessarily the actors. Right. Uh, so it says it is often mentioned uh, that if a project or surrounding storyline has recognition, it might be the perfect time to try out new actors in the role since the audience usually flocks to the intellectual property. But Squid Game defied that. Good for them. That's great. When asked for more, Spielberg did suggest anchoring new faces with at least one recognizable and bankable star. This sure. is 110% yeah. right. Um, a lot of shows will give you that lead, uh, will be a well-known face, and then the rest of the actors will be lesser known. Yeah. Uh, one good example of them turning them on their turning it on its head here is when they cast Drew Barrymore in the first Scream movie, and then she died in the first in like the first ten minutes of Great. the movie, and the rest of the actors in the film were objectively far less recognizable at that time mm-hmm. than she was. But it made you feel that if she can die in the first act of the movie, then anybody Any can. One of them can. So that's an ex- an example of using a bankable star to work with a lesser known person to make a more uh, palatable project for people. You yeah. bring in people with the bankable star, and then if done right, the lesser known actors uh charisma talent will stand on its own launch them will launch them into a a higher standing within the industry and hopefully make the product better right so it's awesome yeah uh, it's a good rule of thumb yep Mm -hmm. so it says meanwhile spielberg's movie was anchored by ansel elgert and rita moreno ansel elgert will be brought up forever now because of all the stuff that's going out against him we Mm -hmm. want to talk about we we might have to talk about that one day but uh because we're going to be talking about tokyo uh tokyo vice and he's in that uh, he's got his own problems uh, attached to him in Rita Moreno, allowing other stars to shine while making the studio feel comfortable. But a place like Netflix has less to worry about there. They can take the risks to open up casting because they're not worried about the box office numbers at all. They're right about that. We watched um, Archive 81, and I didn't recognize yeah. almost any of the names in Archive 81. I only recognized Her- the main act- um, actor. The the, guy- the, the, the leading Mamadou? I didn't, yeah. I didn't recognize him. I recognized him because I think... Uh, Jordan Peele always like casts his uh-huh. character. The 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 lady. Who, oh, so you've seen other stuff from him. Mm-hmm. He was new to me. the The girl who played uh, the lead actress's crazy friend was the one I recognized. That was the only, really yeah, I was, didn't recognize her, but yeah. like her look is so unique to me. I was like very. Yep, she has like a very face. Confused by her, she has a very unique know. face, mm-hmm. a very cool facial. St- like you could tell, like a director was like, "You're going to be great on camera." She had a right. very unique look. Great mm-hmm. So it says, uh, "I still think the studios rely too much on stars in order to advertise to people why why they should come see a movie on TV or on TV." I do, I do think a concept can be can bring people in more readily because they can access it from their homes, and they're right about that. I do, I, I do think that the age of the general movie star has slowly died off. Yeah, I, I don't. Dis- I don't disagree with that. I do think there are still plenty of actors that will bring in an audience on their own. Tom Cruise, whether people like it or not, yeah. is an example of that. Yeah. Uh, there are actors on that level who can do that, but not the same way it was 30 years ago Definitely. when it was the age, or 40 years ago when it was the age of the movie star. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I-, I think that Steven Spielberg kind of brought this on himself oh, for sure. mm-hmm. uh, with the virtue signaling, but I also don't want to let these papers and these articles off the hook for realistically turning this into more than it needed to be. It's kind of proof that doesn't matter what you do, you can get in trouble for yes, anything. Of well, this kind of reminds me of raising children because the idea mm-hmm. of rewarding someone with attention when they do something bad mm-hmm. like objectively unhelpful to the world yeah. like putting someone's tweet in an article when and they twitter don't it. twitter's designed to do twitter that Twitter is ridiculous and the fact mm-hmm. that they publish them in articles like in mm-hmm. bona fide news articles so disturbing to isn't me isn't like one of them um 
Daily Beast does that a lot. A lot of them mm-hmm. do. Like, yep. It's a very common thing. New York Post does it. And I like yeah. and respect New York Post. But it's like, come on, man. I like the idea of using um, Twitter art or Twitter uh, posts uh, unrelated to an article. I like the idea of seeing a curated conversation people are having about something. Right. Whether it's to laugh at it because it's absolutely ridiculous. There are conversations to be had there. But these, uh, this is being deliberately framed a certain way and taken into a context that doesn't really match all for the sake of clicks, which right. I have a problem mm-hmm. with within the industry. Exactly. So uh, I would not want to be an actor. I would not want to be a director. I would not want to work in this industry, given that there any small misstep can uh, can get you canceled when all that really means is some 15 year old on Twitter said that you were bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you don't know what you're 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 essentially arguing with an empty shell. You don't know what that person looks could like. Be a robot. Mm-hmm. You could. Yeah. Could, could be could, a bot. Absolutely could. Uh, and also, why are we listening to fifteen-year-olds? Well, yeah, we, that was just an example. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that person. No, is but a lot of 15. a lot of people tend to listen to like little kids, and because like you can't tell who they are either. Yep. So we tend to listen to like immature kids. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Neon and Geeky would talk about how like, and then mm-hmm. and then if you talk back to them, they're like, "You can't do that. I'm only 15. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then you should. Get your account revoked. Right, exactly. Exactly. So that is uh, that is the world we're living in now in the social media. It's why I'm glad I don't have Twitter. I know that you <laughs> you stand by that I should have a Twitter. I uh, use Twitter and it is good for certain things. <laughs> and I do really like the engagement that it offers because it's really fast paced. But the truth of the matter is that the whole point is to outrage people enough to yep. get a response. My favorite earlier, not a Twitter example, but an example of why I can't have a thing like Twitter is that I was watching a video on Instagram earlier mm-hmm. of a dad who, like, it's like a husband who would always throw pieces of, like, cheese, like, of, like, craft <laughs> singles on his wife yeah. and, like, drop them from, like, at the top of the house under oh her gosh. forehead. And then she they had a kid. And they then he's, do that to babies. He's yeah, like, he's do. like, I've waited nine months for my my son to be born, <laughs> no. and another five months for him to grow big enough for this moment. And it shows him bringing the cheese <laughs> oh over and, and and dropping the cheese <laughs> on the kid. And the kid just looks like mildly delighted by it. And then all the comments are just people like, "This is child abuse." What? But here's the thing: <laughs> I looked at the video, and I'm looking at the the likes. And then the comments, and I see him like one thousand comments. Oh, I know oh exactly boy. what yeah. this is going to be. And so, and I went in there deliberately knowing that I was about to enter a cesspool of right. hyperbole and anger that was going to ruin my day. Have you seen the meme of the guy who's putting on the biohazard waste suit and he puts on the helmet? <laughs> And he opens the door, and the door says "comment section." <laughs> the comment section. That's that's exactly, that's exactly what it what is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Twitter is. That's what all this is. So yeah. it's uh, it's why I, I stay away from it for yeah. the for the most part. I, I don't find it helpful. But Steven Spielberg can't really get away from being part of the conversation because of who he is. He's he a shouldn't big, have tried to cater to it. He mm-hmm. shouldn't. Uh, I I don't think that that helped. I it think there is no winning. Right. Because you can never be enough for these people. Yep. So again, can we just say he has? dementia or like maybe <laughs> no you can I'm say it I, I don't know if it's true. it's true it's not true i, I just want it to be possible <laughs> maybe somebody, he's pretty old it's yeah possible. he's pretty Someone old like he's losing it maybe he's losing a little bit of marbles here and there yeah. it's, it's very possible <laughs> mm-hmm. all right we're gonna go pod luck Pod luck. Uh, the first is just uh, uh, a notice I wanted to give mm-hmm. because this show has uh, served me well this year, which is Superman and Lois is renewed mm-hmm. for season three on the CW. Woo! It's also worth pointing out that at least at this time, Batwoman has not been renewed. That is good Ooh, news. All good news from here. Um, 
Yes. Uh, I love it. Very good news. So it says the CW has renewed the DC series Superman and Lois for a third season. Since the beginning in 2021, remember, guys, when I said that I have certain days where I just can't read? Yeah. It's okay. Today is one of those days. (laughs) And it's not as bad as other days. Like I'm fumbling words at the end of it, but it's not the whole thing where sometimes I literally, guys, will be on air and I'll read something. And I'll be like, I hope everyone pretended that that made sense because it didn't make any sense to me. Well, you can see the article on the yes. screen. It's, it's okay. It's Words why, are hard. It's why I put these oh, articles in here. The girl from Grimm is in here. That's awesome. I loved Grimm. Thank you. Yes. We love it. Yeah. This is a Grimm. Good show. This is a Grimm safe zone. I enjoyed that show. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched a lot of I shows. I got Andy to rewatch that show. Awesome. You know? Love so, it. So uh, I'm actually, it's on, it's literally on my TV downstairs. <laughs> right That's now. great. I love um, it. Russell Hornsby. Uh, is is great in that show. Where David, does this stream? Uh, Amazon Prime. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. We have Amazon so, Prime. I'm gonna watch it. It says uh, it's, it's it's been one. It's Superman Lois has consistently been one of the network's highest rated shows and one of the most well received uh, series to tackle uh, with the realm of DC Comics, led by Tyler Hoechlin. I can never pronounce if it's Hoechlin or Hoechlin. I say Hoechlin. Hoechlin. Uh, as Clark Kent, aka Superman, and Elizabeth, no longer Bitsy Tulloch. Bitsy is what she went by most of her. Well, I think she changed it because it sounds kind of childish. It is pretty juvenile, but mm-hmm. it's cute. The, but a lot of times they choose names like that because it's memorable. If her, if she had always been Elizabeth Tulloch, I would have been like, and that lady, the 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 uh, the Elizabeth Tulloch, yeah. the Tulla something. Tulloch is Bitsy, a great last name, though. But, I think Tulloch is unique enough. But mm-hmm. Bitsy sticks with you. True. You will remember <laughs> Bitsy. True. Do you think she's going to um, change it back? Anytime th- soon? No, I think she'll leave it. I think now. she's done. Yeah. She's Maybe she'll be the done. artist formerly known as Bitsy yeah, Tulloch at go. some point. <laughs> I do want to point out that I do think it's weird how they look kind of similar. Yeah. They they look look at that picture of them. They, they do, have the same they? facial features, but they're not siblings they're husband and wife so oh maybe boy. it's that thing where nar- narciss- narcissus where you look you seek out someone that looks like you no yeah, no possible. there's actually scientific proof that um so this is actually a true thing about real couples so when you stay with your spouse for a long time Start you slowly them yeah look like them yeah yeah it's a weird thing so like i kind of like what they did right there I for casting up. yeah um where they chose like somebody that actually looks like them because that I prefer when they choose like actors that kind of look similar to the mm. other actor because then it's more believable to me. Right. Um, I, I just want to say that she is, uh, it's an aside, it's not really relevant to the fact that they got uh, season three mm-hmm. and she is absolutely at her best when she's playing mom in this show. Yep. Uh, the, the, the Lois Lane part of it, I could take or leave. Mm, uh, I, I, I just... It doesn't. I just want to see Superman be Superman and be awesome, uh, and then I want to see Superman try to be dad and be not quite as awesome, yeah. but de- <laughs> deal with it in a way that uh, him and uh, she does well as like Lois Lane, the reporter. Mm-hmm. But I love her as the mom in this show. She's very believable as uh, as that character. So I love it. And it says uh, as we prepare prepare for the 2022-2023 series season, these seri- these scripted series along with the alternative series were renewed earlier. So they also renewed the Flash uh, for season nine, which right. has slowly been dying a slow death since season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think that will be the last uh, last season of that one. It's uh, okay, hire him to be another. Ginger I don't. Character. I don't think Bear. I don't think uh, uh, Grant Gustin wants to play that character. Every time I see him on the show, he just looks sad. Oh no! I, I don't watch the show <laughs> anymore, but I, I watch like clips, and he just looks 
I feel like TV shows have a certain link that they can go. Yeah, uh, not everybody can be a Law and Order, which goes eighteen seasons. Right. Um, but a lot yes. of that. Wait, is like, it's whatever. still alive. Uh, well, Law and Order was just brought back for the first. They, it, that That's was right. yeah. yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> by the way, Law and Order Criminal Intent is the best Law and Order. Don't at me. Oh, okay, um, I remember that they weird. Can't. You know, Twitter uh, sound bit they always play in the beginning. Don't, right. don't, yeah, yeah. That um, one. <laughs> I uh, a friend who uh, had that as ringtone. That's great. Uh, <laughs> so it says uh, uh, basically they just talk about what the premise of the show is. It's Superman has to raise two kids. Me and Miracle may talk about uh, the new episode that came out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, all we need to know is, even though it's not related to this, limit Sarah Cushing as much. No, I as found po- an article that said the Cushings are actually beneficial to this TV show. And I know. I was like, why? I saw it. Why? That article was wrong. Oh. Uh, the Sarah Cushing is objectively the worst part of the show through no fault of the actress. It's the fault of writing that is absolutely abysmal. Uh, and it's also an extremely big waste of Emmanuel Shrieky, <clears throat> who is a fantastic actress who plays Lana Lang in the show and is being completely. Uh, underused mm-hmm. um hate to see it hate to see it so uh just a heads up there that it has been renewed and it is a a, a good way of pointing out that less agenda driven entertainment does work yeah does sell does yes. keep things going our so. co-worker sarah like she's one of our youngest employees like she does not like any of the superhero tv shows because it's good for like a couple of seasons but then it falls out and she doesn't pay attention anymore but yeah. she really hates supergirl yep, Super, yep. well supergirl yep. I don't know anyone that actually likes Supergirl. I like the first season. That was CBS. That wasn't CW. Oh, yeah. Uh, different different yeah. production. Yeah, different production, um, different production value. So mm-hmm. uh, so that is what it is. We are going to move on to the next topic, but next. I am excited about Superman and Lois getting a season three. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson wants $1 billion <laughs> to take on YouTuber Jake Paul in a boxing ring. What? Let's crowdfund that. No. But it, no. Let's, <laughs> let's crowdfund. Let's crowdfund one billion for Mike Tyson versus Jake Paul. But it can't be an exhibition. It has to actually be both of them trying to knock the other one out. Wait, Ooh, really? Yeah. They use that word in the article? What? Exhibition? No. No, no. That's just. Uh, YouTube com- uh, YouTuber come uh, yes. boxer. I, yeah, that's what it's called. I that's, that's this I is didn't Lad know. Bible. This is, this is uh, uh, Ireland. I believe. Oh, is it? Uh, so they it's either different. British or Irish. So yeah, that's. Uh, I I was going. I was going to actually skate past it and just giggle. <laughs> Sorry, uh, thanks, Miracle. <laughs> I was just, no, no. I was, just, I was just going to giggle at it and see if anybody no- noticed. But yes, so it says Mike Tyson has revealed just how much money he would want to receive to step into the ring against YouTuber come boxer Jake Paul. Uh, yes, we are. We that are, makes sense. We are twelve-year-olds here. <laughs> Apparently, we do laugh when <laughs> you spell the O M though. We we do laugh I when think you spell. Call him a different word. Are they trying to call him a bad name? No, yeah, then I'm just I, intrigued. That I is not what they're doing. I like it. Oh, no, I like my theory more. Because... I love that theory. That's a good theory. They're it's just it. an it's just an insult. Whoever wrote this article <laughs> just really hates Jake Paul. Well, why would you like the Pauls? Other than like they're kind of smart. They're not Kim Kardashian Archie. smart. I would say that they are very smart with their branding. They're they very clever, smart with the, with market. their marketing. Yeah. Yeah. They're literally trying to get two men to beat each other up and claim it's about the kids. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so honestly, it's pretty good. The legendary boxer wants a cool billion, just a billion with a B, guys. That's it. That's uh, all. Can you say it as Mike Tyson? Uh, what? what? Can you say it with his billion list? A B. Now there's some uh, S's. I know. I, I love. <laughs> I, I love how like much he kids himself about that. 
like mm-hmm. he, uh, I don't remember what the word was, but like he wrote like they like a friend of his like passed out and he wrote on the dude's forehead, but he wrote out whatever it, with word, a list. Yeah, with that's a list. great. I love uh, it. Good for uh, him. He he he's uh, he's a great dude. It's his trademark. His podcast is very popular. So I it's, believe uh, it. during the la- the latest episode of Mike Tyson's Hot Boxing podcast. Oh my! We were gonna <laughs> we were gonna cover there. Was, I had a separate article mm-hmm. about Mike Tyson where he is selling uh, edibles. In the shape of chewed off ears. Whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, he's like living up to like the brand and like everybody's like notion what we know him as. The yep. guy that chewed off somebody's ear. I love it. It's sad too because like the younger generation will only know him as that. But uh, anyone like my age, eh, I, even I'm on the on the low end of, or the high end of this age group. But he was the most dominant force in boxing for a long time. Was he and, a and heavyweight or a lightweight? Heavy, he's heavyweight. Watch this dude box and knock someone out and it's terrifying like if you can imagine being hit with a punch He's that hard yeah. mm-hmm. so it says tyson then went on to explain his uh, his friendly relationship with the youtuber or no he says he replied nobody told me that hey i ain't got no effing money so where's the effing contract <laughs> oh he's got gosh. money he has a little money he's i think he's money. okay uh, it says tyson then went on to explain his friendly relationship with the youtuber insisting that he knows nothing about a potential vegas fight Listen, I've been smoking with Paul forever. Of course I, he has. I did some shrooms with him as well. Oh my gosh. But I've never heard this. I was with him in St. Bart's not too long ago partying and he never told me this. But I've never heard this from from nobody. I've just heard this from you guys. So he says, but despite not being aware of a potential match, he was he was well prepared in the fee in what fee he would accept if that offer was to fight Paul actually came through. A billion bucks. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Oh, now I know how his fighting style is. Sorry, yep. this is off topic, but I was searching it up. I thought he versus Bruce Lee for a bit, but no, nope. that's, <laughs> that's somebody else. Very different. No, he was um, <laughs> he was in IP Man Three. Okay, that's where I know him from. I yeah, was like, yeah. something's familiar about yeah. him, other than the chewing ear part. Yeah. A fight with a with a billion dollar price tag would be unprecedented, but with the with that uh, with that the most successful pay per view fight in history being 2015's Mayweather versus Pacquiao, mm-hmm. which made 400 million, yeah. which is a lot of money, but not a billion, not a billion, not mm-hmm. not quite close to a billion yet. It says, uh, but the Logan brothers uh, are proving they are contenders in the ring. Logan Paul taking on Floyd Mayweather last year, he managed to live uh, to tell the tale he did, he uh, did well but they did talk about how that was clearly an exhibition Obviously. and that uh i do believe that if mayweather had wanted to he could have dropped him in a mm, v- kidding uh, yes uh, yes of so um but not dying is an accomplishment so i will give him that he, um so do you know if his fights with ben Askren and Ty- tyron I, woodley were exhibitions as well i don't know the, i i would imagine that the ones with uh the, the i i believe the ones with mayweather being a an exhibition the other ones i i can't say for sure mm. but there's a lot of i think the speculation it's like it's like a weird modern day this is what profession this is modern day version of professional wrestling right people for for decades didn't know whether professional wrestling was fake or not right now people look at it and they're like this is of so clearly by fake. the way i don't care I still have a deep, deep love and affection for that <laughs> no, industry. Brett. I do. So I'm does not, Jack Pasopic. Th- yeah, good good well, company. We can, yeah, we can fist bump. Bond, yeah. First of all, <laughs> when you look at what they do, whether whether it's choreographed or not, is extremely violent and brutal on your body. Mm-hmm. And they do that shit 300 days a year. Oh do you know how good a shape you have to be in yeah. to do something like yeah, that 300 days a year? I'll give you that. Okay, so it says, uh, out of any other boxer in 2021, the two Paul brothers reportedly hold the highest spot, uh, highest spots for pay-per-view sales at a massive 2.7 million buys. Is their marketing? It's because people want to see Jake Paul like get punched in the yes. face. Yes, yes, that's their. Bye, that's, Mike. That's their brand. Well, their brand is pay money to see me get beat up. Yeah, 
Can well, I... there's a German word for a face badly in need of a fist. And I really think that mm-hmm. Je- Logan and Jake Paul both have faces like that. Well, I think mainly um, Jake has it. Because yeah. Logan's kind of hiding. So bad. Yeah, yeah, he's not so in the Well, he hasn't paid uh, Mayweather yet. Yeah, yeah I think go. that's why he's hiding. <laughs> he, he's, he hasn't quite paid Mayweather for their last fight. Come on, so. why are you afraid of the man that can't read? Yeah, I mean. Hey, you can <laughs> I, It's okay, I can't Mayweather. read. She... And I can't, uh, I can't uh, read out loud. There yeah. you go. Uh, so no, almost okay. no one can. Um, mm-hmm. So it says, Mike Tyson, who was once the undisputed heavyweight world champion, retired from mm-hmm. professional boxing in 2005. It felt like longer ago than that because he was big in the 80s. So that was a long time. Mm-hmm. He had, He's for a long time. Yeah. So it says, but he did pop uh, pop the boxing gloves back on in 2020 in his exhibition against Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, fight ended with a draw, of course. But I do want to point out this other article that I found just today. Mike Tyson. Guy pulls a gun after trying to fight Woo! at comedy show. Tyson handled this like a total pro where this dude was acting out the whole video. Uh, I, I don't know if I can play it here, uh, if, it, if it's okay to play it without sound. But basically this guy comes up during a show uh, and then a gun gets pulled and you see everybody goes under the table wow. and Tyson does not move. And then eventually he hugs the guy at the end after he gets Good the guy to calm him. down. What a champ. It says, if you thought Mike Tyson was a badass before, wait until you see how he handled himself when a guy pulled a gun within 15 feet of him. Let's just say you could call him a cool hand Luke. Wow. Uh, they, TMZ obtained this video. or the It's at like a small comedy show. It says, at first you see Mike seated calmly in the front row uh, in the table talking in the show, but the whole thing was interrupted by a random guy who approached Mike and company and attempted to chat him up. So basically this guy comes up to him and tries to talk to him, mm-hmm. uh, and it totally disrupts the set of the, the comedian set, gotcha. which of course is very disrespectful. Right. It says, well, you can hear exactly what's being said. And we can't hear exactly what's being said in the footage. Eyewitnesses tell us that the man was actually challenging Mike to a, f- a fight. Basically he's like, I want to elevate my status. Genius. I want to become a well-known by beating you up, which of course I'm sure Tyson was not, you know, nobody who's proved himself in the ring that much needs to prove himself in a place like this. Yeah. So <laughs> Mike keeps it chill. And then after the guy, uh, the, the pissed off guy challenging Mike who threatened to shoot the host and then, pulled out a gun from his waistband and cocked it in front of everyone naturally everyone gasped and ducked for the under the tables luckily he never fired but put the gun away and almost immediately regretted it he came up to mike and goes please don't call the cops on me oh wow like i just imagine like if there was a graph of like this huge testosterone spike yeah or the guy and then, pulls after, it, and like, then he's like whoop. oh like oh, <laughs> man, I, I shouldn't have done that once again mike just sat there in relative silence heard the guy out and in the end embraced him so Good for didn't him. flinch uh he just hugged the man and oh, uh, the guy left without incident and, wow. and of course, ruin the set for the comedian. Oh, for like sure. people start filing out. Like, they don't know where like, this guy's. What if this guy goes and waits outside for people to start coming out? So mm-hmm. people just start leaving. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe the the true uh, hero of the show should have been the comedian, and he should yeah. get a double the fee for having his set interrupted. That's and then yeah. Mike Tyson getting all the getting all, all the, the publicity. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Hey, mm-hmm. if your co- comedy set can draw Mike Tyson, that's pretty cool. Must be yeah. good. Yeah. Must be good. Love Mike Tyson. Yeah, he's awesome. That's really so cool. So we've got one more. <gasps> I was gonna, We were going to cover this yesterday. Oh gosh, how funny. Did you know that you can just name a kid and then just unname it? Yeah. You can, yeah, you, you why can could do, you that? Not do that. You can do that um, before they get knowledge what their real name is. Well, I think uh, with changing the birth certificate, mm-hmm. you just have to do it within a certain time frame. Yeah. So there's like a return policy on yeah, names. Yeah, there is. Well, it has to be like a fresh baby. Like this a fresh, fresh baby. Yeah, it's a fresh baby. <laughs> <laughs> and Miracle could not have phrased what? that any that's creepier. Really sorry, that sorry. Was, I mean, it's a fresh baby. That's like that meme that says like, uh, it's like me and then a normal conversation. It's the guy elbow dropping yeah. normal conversation. Miracle's like, totally normal word really creepy word and she 
No, they're not creepy separately, but together. Creepy phrase. Very no. creepy. <laughs> I mean, a newborn. That's yeah, what I meant. Thank you. Baby. That's what. <laughs> Fresh human. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ridiculous. Sorry. Anyway, it, my brain is like so fried. It's all good. But it's, yeah. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about yet, we're talking about Kylie Jenner. <laughs> Reveals she has changed her newborn son's name because it didn't feel right. Her fresh baby's name. Her, she has changed her fresh oh my God, baby's can we get name. That yeah. I like that. Let's change it to fresh baby. Yeah. I you love it. You should say that on IRL tonight. Yeah. Just bring it up well, somehow. We'll see. we'll see what I can come up with. Kylie Jenner has revealed she and Travis Scott have changed the name of their newborn son. Posting in an Instagram story, the makeup mogul wanted everyone to know that they aren't calling him Wolf anymore. Personally, I liked Wolf. Yeah, Wolf's well, fine. Maybe he was like very mild and calm and Wolf wasn't fitting. I think it's funny because like if you keep reading the article, it gets funnier why she changed the name. Wait, before we scroll, I have mm-hmm. to point out that her belly looks really weird. I'm just saying. I think it's the photo. Maybe. Uh, I think it's like weird hey, shading. If, we're, if, if everyone's going to give Emma Watson the benefit of the doubt, I'm giving her the benefit nah, of the doubt. I think that's when she there. like already um, popped out the baby. <laughs> oh, really? It's yeah. Like post. Oh, interesting. Because there was like a bunch of allegations that she gave birth to her son already and like nobody knew she did. But then um, they're like, well, what happened to your baby bump? Because it looks different. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, weird. I wonder. I don't know. Somebody has to like get a Kim Kardashian or Jenner's um, investigator on here. There's a good one. Chris Carr could be a good one. Like he can analyze them. Yeah. Be a sneaky person. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. the beauty mogul didn't disclose what his name has been changed to, Jenner said that their first choice for the newborn just didn't feel like him. Okay. So did they name him before he was born? Yeah. So they gave they chose the name she ahead of time. It, um, she kept it as a secret, as I said before. Like they didn't say that she like popped out the baby, but she had the name under ropes until like she was like under, fine under wraps. I, under wraps. I can't really talk. Yeah. Like something is happening. <laughs> <laughs> something is happening. But I love it. This podcast where no one can talk. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, basically she was like, yeah, I do have a baby's name. Here's my baby's name, and she said, yeah, his name is Wolf. I wonder if maybe she expected him to come out and look like a wolf and then he didn't and she's like, he looks more like a bear. Mm. Well, maybe he came out and he was very laid back in mind. Yeah. That's what I came up with. Well, I don't know. babies grow into their name. That's true too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, do you believe in numerology? No, I'm not really familiar with it. So numerology is basically, sorry, this is a little bit off topic, but basically they believe everything has a reason to it. So your name has a total... So Lydia it is a total of five mm-hmm. numbers and five then, letters, yeah. And numbers. I can't really Close enough. <laughs> yeah, so it's a number five and then you combine it with your last name and also depending who you talk to, they'll combine your middle name too to get your ultimate number. And that's your destiny number. That's mm-hmm. basically like telling you what your fortune and how your luck is going to be throughout life. Interesting. I'll check it out. Yeah, Those so, things are entertaining, but mm-hmm. I don't really put any stock in them. I'm curious. Though. Yeah, but basically they say... What like, a pragmatist. Okay. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, kind of interesting. I'm a, I'm a dude, so I don't... <laughs> find it, well, I don't find the Zodiac very compelling. Yeah. Uh, well, they do your birthday also. So like the oh, number... So for me, I'll throw out my birthday. So zero one plus zero one plus one plus nine and then... a two more nines and that'll equal your destiny number two some people like doing that interesting um but basically um they say a parent who names their uh kid the first time they are born that's their 
Dustin Destiny number. Destiny I'm number. I'm so glad I don't know yeah, what's going it, on right it's now. So, <laughs> it's so that. dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. But a lot of people do believe in this because like your number actually does like help you guide your life. Maybe they picked a different mm-hmm. four letter word. It is yeah. like the meme name. that I always point out about that I I, I, I disclosed to Sarah. Yeah. Uh, Luke Sarah when when she was oh, here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. about um <laughs> anytime a girl asks you what your what time you were born. Run. Run. Just run. Yeah, you I text know. your mom and say, Mom, he says, Mom, what time was I born? Yeah. Run. She's like, run. Get away from her, Mom yeah. says. She believes that uh, kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she, yeah. she's she's nuts. Get away from her. Well, does Sarah like the Zodiac? I don't Sarah know. She likes um, love, astrology. She, she was very big into it at first. Mm-hmm. She said she's not really into it anymore. Because yeah. I think bullied my, her. I think my derision <laughs> kind of... um. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I didn't bully her. I was, you bullied her like that no, woman. <laughs> I'm just joking. Brett Dan bullied. I did not a bully pragmatic. her. I was just like, I don't believe this stuff. But yeah, so um, depending because they said like, don't change your name if it gives you like good luck. That's why like a lot of Chinese people or Asian people they don't like it when you change your name. My initials are bad. What does that mean? I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. it. It just says that you're a badass. I'm bad at reading. That's Uh-oh. what it is. Bad at reading. Okay. So it says when Jenner, so back to the story. Anyway, when Jenner gave birth to her son last month on February second, she revealed to the world that they had settled on Wolf Webster. Oh. I think I liked I liked, I liked that one even more. before reading it. I that's said Wolf Wesley. I said Wolf Wesley. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Wolf, yeah, that's good. I like that too. Wolf Wesley. Uh, Kylie's <laughs> former friend, Aussie influencer and businesswoman Tammy Hembrow. Hembrow uh, cheekily called her out last month for her copying her son's name, which is also Wolf. The news of the name change came after Jenner shared a short documentary about her pregnancy journey with her son. The heartwarming 10-minute tri- tribute piece is called Our Son. Very, uh, very good name. Good. Concise. The, yeah, the, <laughs> so uh, I just thought this was uh, very, very funny. It says, One Stormer wrote, I love how Stormy is part of everything. These videos are going to be something so memorable and special for the kids to look back on. Mm. Um, I, this is pretty common now, like these types, mm-hmm. of, these types of videos. Uh, but that's Where the, they do the journey. The journey of, I mean, yeah. If you can, if you can afford, and you have the, um, sure, yeah, and you have like the the mind, like the momentum and the the desire to actually want to put the time into making something like this, I'm sure most, you know, uh, a lot of women are just want to have to deal with so much while going through it. They don't want to also make a movie about it either. That's well, a lot of work. It's not a movie. It's, like she's cutting it up to make it more watchable like for a people. Blog almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. You can do it on TikTok too. There's a bunch of women who've been doing it on TikTok. Just hire someone to do it. I yeah. do love, however, how right the the next article down after this about her child is. It's the blood one. Kylie Jenner criticized over disturbing blood soaked nude photos. Oh, oh my gosh! Whoa. Okay. So Whoa, that took a turn. That's, yes, that, was, <laughs> that was all of October of last oh year. She's gosh. changed so much since then. Oh, so, she's a grown woman. She's a grown woman. So yeah. uh, I I just want to know uh, since I've got you both here, um, you're both. Uh, hopeful mothers one day mm-hmm. uh I, I like how i don't even like <laughs> i don't even give your privacy a chance i no, just you're fine I, this uh, is well known for me uh, at least. what names are you leaning towards Ooh. uh you don't have to give exacts but like things that you find in the realm that you'd like to see andy has picked a boy's name and i've picked a girl's name okay oh yay yeah. and they both start with l's and they're both unique you're not gonna give me the names i'm not you're Maybe not gonna... the show you okay. can't trust anybody me. they'll right. steal... trust no one <laughs> yeah, like my neighbor, my next door neighbor, the one that I grew up with in Bakersfield, my mom was pregnant with my twin sisters and she was like, my mom was like, oh, um, I found out that I'm having twin girls. Yeah. I already have one named out. I want another one to have an E name. So she was like, Emma, because my grandmother was like, I love the name Emma because it reminds me of Emma Hart from this one movie. 
And my next door neighbor wanted to name her daughter Elizabeth originally, but then she heard Emma. And she's like, I'm she going. stole it? Yep. <gasps> That's terrible. I was reading a story mm-hmm. the other day about a lady who named her daughter the name that her sister had chosen for her stillborn child. And I was like, <gasps> oh, best. No. Up. Okay. That's terrible. Another thing That's about. awful. I know. Another thing about um, people stealing baby names. So this is like before like my mom knew the gender of the baby. She thought she only had one baby. So she was like, oh, if the baby is a boy, I'm naming it Aiden. Or if it's a girl, Eden. And my auntie heard this and she's like, I'm going to name my son Aiden. Well, okay. And she stole that name. So I have a cousin named Aiden out there. You guys should have done what my family did, which mm-hmm. is where um, the first... Okay, so the, there were alternating names. Yeah. Male names in my family. It's mm-hmm. Herbert, Sam, Herbert, Sam, yeah. Herbert, Sam. Oh. Yeah, so my dad, my family stole the name Sam too. So mm-hmm. there are now two cousins with the same name. Oh. So it's like, yeah. It's, it's kind of hard because it's like... confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's hard and confusing because you want to choose a, a good name for your kid because that's what they're going to grow up with. And that's what's going to create a human being. Brett looks like he's so out of it. He's like, I should have started this conversation. <laughs> but no, for me, I'm naming my kids with a L name because I tend to choose boy names a lot, but I will give out like a throwaway name. Um, I'm really into the name um, in when I was younger, Maximum. Maximum? Yeah. Or Maximilian. I don't know. Oh, I was going to say Maximum is very different from Maximus or Maximus. I know. And then I was really into Axel. And I told my friend. <laughs> Axel my- Rose? Yes. Yeah. And I told my friend that. I was like, I want to name my kid's middle name Axel. And he's like, that sounds too close it's to Axel. part. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That is a good point. He's like, don't name your kid that. Please. Got to figure out how they'll be bullied. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It's like, it's like naming your kid Willie. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't do it. Then I was like inspired to name like my kid Ambrose. But it's the same character as um, the older character for Sabrina's cousin. It's also uh, Adrian Monk's brother's name. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Like I tend, and my grandmother kind of ruined it for me because I, I like to see like how she reacts to certain names. And I was like, what about the name Soren? I really like that name because That's a good name. you so- can spell it different Turkey ways. Yard. Sounds like a serial killer <laughs> yeah, name to me. Hey. Hey. Sounds like uh, somebody like a. It's a, a Nordic name. Um, it's very. I really like Nordic names and German names. Like, yeah, watch me have one. a kid named Boren. No. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. since I'm never getting married and likely never having kids, I would use. The, I would choose the name Declan. So if anyone, our friend that, Lisa has that. a son named yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Declan. She yeah. didn't want to she name does? him yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, she does. Oh, well, I love that name. That's a good name. Um, mm-hmm. It also alliterates with my last name. So. I like that. Yeah. I like the alliterative last name thing. So yes. Um. That was a lot of fun. I yeah. didn't get a name out of you, but after off Maybe air. Maybe after. Uh, uh, okay. It's not really a secret, but I'd rather people not. I mean, well, I just don't want people to steal your baby's name because like, they're like, that's an interesting one. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. Because you don't know. Personally. You don't know because people might do it. And that's great. I would love for this name to come back. It has a historical context. Oh, is it the one that I'm thinking <laughs> of that um, you told me before? Maybe. This, mm-hmm. this is untenable because she, you're just trying to get her to say it, or she's just going to end up saying it by accident. No, yeah. no. No worries. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having Lydia. me. Let As everyone always. know where they can find you on social media. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sour Patch Lids and on Instagram at Real Sour Patch Lids. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brett. Miracle, let everyone know where they can't find you yeah. on social media. <laughs> yeah, All you switched media. it up on me. I um, I don't have social media because it rots your brain. I love it. She's mm-hmm. 110% right about that. Mm-hmm. It does. As we talked about earlier, comment sections it's where the it's how the devil gets inside you. It's true. You can, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. 
I promise the devil's not involved. It's fine. <laughs> uh, on YouTube, please follow Pop Culture Crisis there. Like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel. It makes me very happy. I mm -hmm. promise. Uh, after you do that, um, leave comments on other channel on other videos on the channel that make me even more happy. But uh, in all the videos, there's a description. Uh, in the description box, it has a link to the Spotify playlist. That is the full unabridged version of the show, start to finish. It is the most fun way to listen to this where you can hear all the witty banter uninterrupted and that is the best way to do so it's also on amazon music on apple podcasts and on pandora on twitter we are pop culture underscore show and then dane will be made very happy if you also follow yes. us on facebook and on tiktok and that is at pop culture crisis and we will be back with another episode tomorrow we will see you then guys bye bye